just practice there, pouring. Yeah, just pour it into it. Right there. Mm. Yeah. Pour more out. <laughs> there we go. Oh, I, I yeah, got, yeah, got it. Packed. Yeah. Moving. <laughs> Opus. Please. Oh man, Piff Marty, welcome to the dance table. You know, uh, my man Nelly hooked us up a little tea. Shout out to Nelly. Nelly, yeah. you're a real one. You're a real one. The, the, the pot is just incredible. You know, you got to bring the pot to the dance table, bro. It's just, it's, it's a vibe. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, I, it's just, it just, a lot of things just happen organically. It's mm. kind of how we met. It's kind of how this all happened. It's just a vibe. You know what I mean? Last guest we had. Um, doesn't drink coffee, and then I was like, "Why would we?" How did make you feel? It it made me feel like I was not prepared. I was <laughs> like, "Yo, that's crazy!" Like, why would I not think to bring tea or yeah. decaf? And um, I mean, the thing is, everything we do, we don't ever take a L. We just learn from it. So then my man had this concept, <laughs> like, maybe bring some tea. And I was like, "Yo, tea." And we're also shooting later in the day, so it's like maybe we want to have something a little bit right. more chill. So it's dope that we're drinking some tea right now. And I feel relaxed, too. I feel a little bit more relaxed than I would with coffee. Not to shit on coffee, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, it's a vibe. Relaxed. You know, coffee's coffee, but we can't drink it 24-7. Straight up, yeah. Yeah. But, bro, let's let's get into it, man. Uh, speaking of how we met and things happening organically, it blows my mind that you're from the Bronx. Mm-hmm. I'm from the Bronx. But we met in Austin, Texas. Every Every single time I think about that, it's like, Crazy, because I, when I went to Texas, and for context, we met at South Bar. I did a show with um, United Masters. Um, shout out to my boy LaRussell for even hooking that up. But um, and is I did not expect to see anybody from New York, let alone the Bronx in the crowd too. So when we met, I'm like, oh, this is this is the guy I'm gonna like talk to and come and convene. Is that the word? Whatever. I'm a, a politic with. And it was just dope that we met in that kind of way. And and, and your energy was dope, too. That's something I, like, immediately noticed. And I'm glad I'm here now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That was dope, bro. I'm glad, man. You know, that was my first time at South by Southwest. Was it your first time in Texas? No, that was was my second time in Texas. And um, I had... It was my first time in Austin, too. Because I have been to Houston before. Mm. And I had also been to Dallas for, like, a a thing in college. And then I was in Houston for a, a coffee trade show. Um, and then I was like, I'm already down here. Let me just shoot over, you know, caught the ride. Great decision. You saw an amazing show. Bro, it was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful, bro. And then I was looking at the app because they have an app for South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. It's such a big festival event that they have an app. And I was just like, the Bronx, New York. And then boom, Piff Marty. I was like, movie. I know what I'm doing. It's dope that you intentionally did that too. I never, I would have never thought to do that. Yeah, because to me, it was like, I don't feel like this is my tribe. I was looking around. I love barbecue. I, you know, I could go into a barbecue joint right. and be like, I rock with y'all in terms of barbecue. <laughs> you know what I mean? But for just barbecue. For just barbecue. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or certain things. But but I was out there. And when I leave the Bronx or when I leave Dominican Republic, sometimes, you know, like, it's not the easiest thing connecting with people. Like, I feel like being from New York alone, it's like we are a country. Like, Straight up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Real shit. Being from New York, it's like you're from a different island. Like, it's just its own thing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And wherever you go in the world, people tell you, where you from? You're like New York. And it's like, like <laughs> it's like a thing. You know what I mean? So it's like, I identify with people from here because you saw things that I saw growing up. You experienced right. things like that. Right. And it was just so dope to vibe out, bro. I, I saw you posted that meetup. I pulled up. It was dope. Thanks for coming, too. That, that was really yeah, dope, bro. And, like, that to me was, like, it was a special moment because a few people pulled up. And I was just like, yo, I'm not the only one that pulled up. Right. And it just felt like I was meeting the real you. And, it, yeah. and, that's the, and that's the reason why I even did that. Like, I wanted to. And at first, I, didn't, I, I thought about whether or not I wanted to do it. But I'm like. Fuck it, why not? And like, if I'm gonna be this artist or a star or whatever, I want to meet the people that are helping me become that yeah. and actually give them a chance to actually meet 
me mm-hmm. for real. And I, I do a great job of being me online anyway. But it's just one it's one thing to see me online. It's another thing to talk to me in real person to actually see that this is the same person and that I'm like, you know, I care. And I just yeah. I just want to meet y'all. So nah, that that was yeah. really dope. I think that was one of the best things you could have did out there because yeah. I went and I resonated with it. And that's kind of how we ended up here. Yeah, that's and, and we and we built on yeah, that. You yeah, know what I mean? And uh, I've had experiences with people that they just made me feel like they were too big to even have an interaction. Or they suck. Yeah. And it's just like for the rest of for the rest of my life, I'm just gonna live with that experience of like, oh, I know that person. Yeah. I remember that time. And I think about that a lot too. And I, and I I I used to struggle a lot with like um imposter syndrome in 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 the typical way, but also in a way where I'm like People are not gonna remember their experiences with me if if they meet me. But then I realize how people do view me and how people people are inspired by me and do people do look at me as someone who is that they're fans of and that interaction is like very very important. So even if I don't even want to interact with you, I'll politely decline a picture yeah. or I'll politely say, "Nah, I can't do this right now. I won't ever like come off as like I'm better than you or I'm too good to have this interaction with you." But, uh, and, I, and I've come across people that I won't name mm-hmm. that have done that to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, obviously to this day, I remember that. So yeah. I don't want to have that. I don't want anybody to have that um, thought yeah. about me. Not only because of the perception, but because I'm just not that kind of person anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's, that, it's dope that you recognize that because that's like for real, like yeah. what I'm about. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Line. That was dope, bro. And I was motivated to come to the the performance after. And I was, I it was some songs I hadn't heard of you, and I was just jamming yeah. for hours. Like I'm gonna learn this song by tonight. <laughs> it was a vibe. It was a vibe. Um, what would you say? Because yo, South by Southwest is a big deal to me. Like mm-hmm. I I've been trying to make it out there as an entrepreneur, and like let's talk about impact. Let's talk about changing the world. Yeah. Let's talk about business models, content, like growing a company from scratch. That's like my type of South by Southwest experience, you know. Um, but what was that like for you? Because I mean, that was a big stage. That was a big crowd, mm-hmm. and that was your first time out there, you know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like. I mean, leaving New York alone is is a big thing, but like you're on the whole other side of the map. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was with that, like I wasn't even I was gonna go to South by regardless because I wanted to just go to South by Southwest because I've never been there, and that's just it shows the way it shows how the universe works because I was already gonna go and then out of nowhere, maybe like a month before, I got hit up to perform there. I'm like. That I was gonna be there anyway, <laughs> so now I have something to do. Now the trip is free. You know what Facts. I mean? Because and and it just it's just it was it was a really really big moment for me because one, it was around a time where I was um getting discouraged about my career. Like I saw the numbers going down, I saw engagement going down, and I just felt the overall energy behind my my story going down too. And I felt like, damn, I need some. Some I need something to happen. Something need to shake, right? And it was a, around the time I wouldn't say I was about to quit, but I definitely felt quit-ish. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then when I saw that email um, about performing, I'm like, wow, this is oh, this is it. This is cool. This is like a, a, I needed this boost, and right. And again, shout out to La Russell for um, telling the folks at United Matches like, hey, I want this guy to be. The wow. one of the people on on the bill and and that experience gave me a lot of confidence. Not because I was like you know chosen, but because of when I did perform, just seeing the crowd's faces, seeing how engaged they were, seeing that there was fans of mine in the crowd, like a a good a good amount of fans of mine singing the songs that I never performed before, and they're just like, "Baby, the only thing I changed is this." Game. I'm like, "All right, let's get it," and it just gave me that little that that. That confidence boost that, okay, it's just slow right now. It's not over. And lo and behold, months after that, it started picking back up again. And and things started getting like real, 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 real good for me, career-wise, spiritual, spirit-wise, and everything like that. And I would I definitely use, I definitely would say that moment performing at South by definitely sparked just a new chapter in my life as far as like uh how I'm gonna approach my career and just how I'm gonna always keep going, yeah. Because it's just again, it's, there's going to be slow moments all the time, but it just I just got to stick through it and and believe that the universe has whatever the universe has in store for me. That's beautiful. Yeah, you just reminded me. So our previous guest was Seth Godin. Mm-hmm. He wrote a book called The Dip, and that dip that he wrote you, that book. Yeah, I heard of that book. Yeah. I wanted to read that. That's he, crazy. He wrote that, and that's literally what you just said is a natural occurring thing, and we mm-hmm. just have to learn how to manage the dip. Yeah. 
and just come back up mm-hmm. because that could either make you or break you. But but that's a natural thing. And mm-hmm. I was just like, man, man wrote a book about that. That's crazy. <laughs> like I've seen that I've seen that book a bunch of times, and and, and the cover I think the cover is an actual like. Mm-hmm. A graphic of a dip, and I always think about that too. Whenever I think about the moment I just talk about, or if I ever think about whenever there's gonna be, whenever the next low moment comes, I gotta mm-hmm. remember that that's just how it works. I think about how um, stock market charts yep. look. Like, look at Apple. That's one of the biggest companies. Microsoft is about to become the biggest company. But when you look at its chart, there's lows, there's low lows, and then there's high highs, and it goes low again. But when you zoom out, it just looks like it's just up the entire time. But mm-hmm. when you really zoom in. Those they have those dips too. So life is like that. Every every situation it's, it feels different when you're in it. It's mm-hmm. like damn, it's looking rough right now. Yeah. But I just always like to zoom out and just think about like a stock market chart and say, oh, this is just a part of my my chart. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah, yeah, I felt that a lot of the times. Like I agree. I feel like when we're because I, I look at it like let's say a, a war, right? And just to give you an example, but there's like soldiers. Then there's sergeants and then there's generals. And then, like, they're looking from the top, like, oh, we getting smoked over there. Mm-hmm. We need more people over there. <laughs> so I like to just sometimes stop what I'm doing and just go climb up to the watchtower and then look down, like, man, what's happening? That's a great analogy. Because it's, like, so much happening. When you're in it, bro, you can't tell. You know what I mean? It's you just see the level. But when you go up, you see everything going down. With what you just said, like, that with that battle analogy, you probably in this battle right here getting smoked. <laughs> Getting absolutely <laughs> slaughtered, but everywhere else, y'all winning. Right, y'all just losing right here. Yeah, so it's like that's a that's a great. I'm gonna I'm gonna start. I'm gonna implement that too. That's like really dope. Thank you. Yeah, thank yeah. you, man. Um, you know, uh, the one thing that I was mentioning earlier is that you know you're from the Bronx. I'm from the Bronx. You know, we we have different ethnicities, but I'm talking about the place that we grew up. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm curious to know because I feel like. Music, especially hip hop, has a huge correlation to the Bronx because yeah. it was invented here yeah, yeah, per se. Yeah. Um, and uh, did, do you think that the community of the Bronx or the borough of the Bronx had an influence in your artistic journey, or 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 just kind of brought you in that direction? Did you have any pivotal childhood moments that led you in that way? Or? I, absolutely. And I, I I'm not gonna say and say that it was the Bronx specifically, but mm-hmm. they all happened in the Bronx. So I'm just gonna say the Bronx, right? Like my my pursuit and introduction into the performing performing arts was because of a dance class that I took in middle school. Um, and I always shout out Miss Velez for introducing me to that aspect of like performing arts in general from dance to acting to music. The first rap that I ever wrote was in that class. So she had asked us to um, write a poem and I'm extra as fuck. So I'm like, I'm writing a rap. I'm on the freestyle. And that was the first rap I ever written. And then when I performed it for the class, they went crazy. And I'm like, oh, I must, I got something here. You know what I mean? And then um, all of my skills that I now show off now from dancing to music and then in the future to acting was nurtured in that class in wow. middle school. So I'm so, I'm so, 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 so thankful for that experience. And then um just hearing the music around mm-hmm. around the neighborhood. Like um I go back to College Avenue, one six one six one six fifth and College Avenue, where I heard all of the Jamaican music that I would hear and still listen to because my, my family's born and raised in Jamaica, Jamaica. And that block is basically little Jamaica. So there's yeah. from all the bashments and all those stuff right there, where I would just like um hear a lot of my musical influences that I have now. Mm-hmm. So definitely instrumental in my 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 artistic life and yeah. my life in general. But you asked about, yeah, now that's really dope. Yeah. Speaking of Jamaica, mm-hmm. uh, me and my friend were chatting about coffee because that's what we do, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, in Jamaica, uh, I don't know if you ever had Blue Mountain coffee. I haven't, and I've heard of it, but I've I've never 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 had it before. Yeah, it, um, it's coffee like worth like a hundred and fifty dollars a pound. Why? It's just rare. Is that good? Oh, it's rarity and like quality. And rarity stuff? and quality. Um, I feel like the biggest thing is storytelling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all about how you market. It's like you're telling your story. What makes you different from other artists? It's just the story. That's real. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, and storytelling is a big piece, and that's something that we try to do for Dominican Coffee. And I feel like we could be at a different level, but mm-hmm. but it just made me think of that because um, that's one of the biggest gems. You know what I mean? Like Jamaican Blue Mountain holds holds is representing for the Caribbean. I had no idea. Yeah. I didn't know it was like. Like that though. Yeah, there's like there's like Kona coffee, then there's uh, Jamaica Blue Bowen. Um, and I know Rwanda coffee. I know like the, from the 
in the world of coffee that I've really know little about, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I know that uh, people look at Rwandan coffee as like very high top tier. Mm-hmm. But I had no idea like Blue Mountain Coffee was mm-hmm. one of those ones. Yeah, too. Jamaica plant is a pain in the industry, but it does make sense though because there's a lot of like rich, um, what's the word? Insert farm words and plant words here. There's rich stuff there. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot. Ecology, a lot of rich nature. Hey. If that's the word, that's what we're gonna use. I, I guess, I guess it just—it might not be the word. Don't butch me. I just came up with the word that had eco in it. <laughs> rich in nature. Yeah, rich in nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Soil, right? Yeah. Plants. That's real. <laughs> what would you say in terms of? Because you're an artist, right? And mm-hmm. honestly, as a person, I love music, bro. But I don't think I'm creative artistically, right? But I love and appreciate artists. Who would you say are your top three uh, artists that? Connected you to the hip hop culture and maybe inspired you, in 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 to get into it. In, in, in to get into it. Um, what would you say inspired you? There, this is a two part answer. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna answer the hip hop influences, yeah. but I'm just answer the general musical influences. When it came to hip hop, definitely would say Kanye West, Wale, and Kendrick Lamar. Reason why, um, I think Wale is. One of the best rappers Yo, ever. Lotus Flower Bomb is so fire. From that to his eleven one eleven mixtape theory, I mean eleven one eleven theory, Falarin mixtapes, Gifted, and bit all that stuff. Gifted, all that, all that, right? Yeah. And it's so. And I, I just want to use this moment to appreciate Wale because he's like one of my biggest influences in hip hop. To the point that when I first started like recording my music, I sounded exactly like that. <laughs> like people were saying like, you sound like a young Wale. And I used to hate that comparison, but it was also like, yeah, this is who I would copy off of anyway. So it was like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I would say Kanye, Wale, and Kendrick because the things that they spoke about was like real life shit that I've gone through. You know what I mean? Like I'm not a gangster. I ain't, you know, I'm not any of that. So I didn't relate, even though I love, I'm gonna add 50 Cent to it too because I love 50 Cent. But I didn't relate to 50 Cent because mm-hmm. I'm not, I wasn't in the streets. I'm a hustler, but I wasn't in the streets. Right. But with Kanye and Wale and then Kendrick, they would like so very accurately describe my life experiences and talk about it in a way that made me feel like I was heard and listened to mm-hmm. and understood and not alone, which is why my music is the same way where I'm talking about my life experiences that you would go through, that, that these guys here would go through because it's... An experience that uh, it's a human experience, and if I don't think I would have known how to approach it in that mm-hmm. way if it wasn't for those artists too, and Drake. But overall musical influences, I would say I'm gonna add Kanye into it again. Um, I'm gonna say Beyonce, and Backstreet Boys, and I that's surprising. That surprises a lot of people when I say that, but. I was I grew up in the TRL era where you come home and watch TRL and they was on TRL every fucking day. Them and Insync and <laughs> Britney Spears every day. It would, top three would be Insync, Backstreet Boys, uh, Britney Spears, right? Yeah. But um, the Backstreet Boys specifically because the, their song um, "Everybody" yeah, yep. that one, and then um, "You Are My Fire." What is the name of that song? Tell me why, right? Mm-hmm. I would hear the harmonies in those songs, and I'm like, oh, wait, this is a part of music. And it was just something that I noticed as a young kid. And I'm like, oh, I need to implement that in either my music, or I need to like try to get that into the instrumentation in my music, too. So mm-hmm. they definitely influenced me in that kind of way. Um, so shout out to the Backstreet Boys. That's dope. And Beyonce. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. Wow. You got me thinking, man. But Beyonce, for sure. Sorry. I just wanted... Before you even continue, just want to like shed so much light on Beyonce and who she is as an artist and as a person. Um, I saw a Renaissance like three times already, and it just showed she's like the amount of work and creative attention that she puts into like her musicality, to her stage design, to her music videos, to the world that she builds is like so it's appreciated, mm-hmm. appreciated, but it's still underappreciated how much goes into the the world of Beyonce and I try to like look at that as a um as a beacon of like what I would want to I want to be Beyonce. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean we, we can make it happen. I'll make I'll be Beyonce. Yo, Beyonce. <laughs> there was uh you just reminded me of that video she did with Lady Gaga was so fire. That was like telephone. Telephone. 
That was so fire. Art. I remember watching that. Art. That was that Art. was fire. That yeah. was fire. We're living in a in a digital time. Mm-hmm. We're living in a digital time, and I feel like the things that have helped you and me and many people in the modern time is social media, content creation, and um, I wanted you to talk about that because I know people personally that look up to you. You know what I mean? And your content and how you Word. organize yourself. Swear to God. That's fire. Uh, you hosted a workshop, one of them went to it. I was like, that's really dope. Oh, shit, that's cool. Yeah. Do you remember his name? Roque, Dominican kid. That's my guy. Um, he actually blew up recently because um, he awesome. he kept on making reels for one of his tracks. And Let's then that, that thing went kaboom. Let's and go. it was like ridiculous. Not the Roque. Roque is doing his thing. I think he's at like 400,000 views with that reel. Oh, shit, that's fire. 24,000 followers overnight. Like, why? That's so far. And he that's went to a workshop that you hosted. That's so far. The yeah. one in Soho works. Yeah, that's dope. If he wasn't in DR right now, he would have been here. <laughs> that's so dope, bro. But but you inspire a lot of people, bro. Um, and uh, I wanted you to talk about where you're at in your journey. Sometimes I'm like stressed out or like dealing with a lot, and then I stop and I look back like yeah, I've came a long way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I know you had a moment where mm-hmm. you almost felt like giving up at some point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we've all been there. I, I've been there. You know what I mean? It's tough, bro. It's not easy. What would you give? people in terms of creating content you know where do you start i always tell people just start right just mm-hmm. do it but as an up-and-coming artist how do you get into content creation how do you start ideating and then how do you start feeding the algorithm mm-hmm. you know that changes so much and you've gone viral multiple times multiple. still do yeah, yeah. I, my favorite video is the one that you talk about uh how i made a million dollars right yeah <laughs> yeah that, that that was fire um and then you posted it again, and then it hit again. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, all these things are inspiring. And I love that, because that's that's where I got the idea. I'm like, why don't I not recycle my content? Straight up. And that's actually one of the things I was going to say. Like, if you have, like, gold, repost it. I think about, like, um, syndication. Some of my favorite shows that I've ever watched, I never, I, w- I didn't, I, I wasn't, a, either I wasn't alive when it first aired, or I just was too young to watch it. So from, like, Fresh Prince, or Friends, or Martin, mm-hmm. or... Um, the Bernie. No, I watched the Bernie Mac show when it came out, but still, people f- discovered the Bernie Mac show. The Office. I missed out on the Office, but I watched it again because of syndication. Um, it's like just because it didn't either it didn't work out or it did work out the first time it it popped out. There's still eight billion people in this world, and even if your video got a million views, that means there are seven billion nine hundred and insert number here that did not see that video. So post that shit again, especially right. if it's fire. Right. Like why why limit it to one time? Right. And and the way that the algorithm changes, who knows that now the new algorithm supports that even more and to make it go even more crazy. In fact, that actually happened with a song I have called New Crib, right? When I first that that video the I think I, this is like the fourth time I posted it. The each time I posted it, I posted it. Um, it surpassed million a million views. Yeah, every time I posted it, every single time I posted it. Is that the one in the row? In the row. Every single time I posted that video. But the last, the most recent time I posted it, it hit like maybe three million views, and that's the highest it's ever been. And it's the same clip. Same clip. Same exact clip. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, it's just, I guess either the times has changed or the algorithm changed, but people just gravitated towards it even more than they did before. Mm-hmm. So I never want to limit myself to just one time, especially if I think it's five, especially if I think it resonates. And that's really the point that I want to make. Um, have make content that is valuable. Like really think about what you're trying to execute when you do when you post this. Mm-hmm. And I, I and I don't think it should always, I don't think it should ever be about. Hey, look at how fire my song is, or look how fire I am. Mm-hmm. It always has to be, especially th- this day and age. How is it making the viewer or listener feel? How is it contributing to their life? How is it, you know, because you're you're a channel, your your account is a channel, and as people are scrolling down, flicking the channels on their Instagram or on their TikTok, what is going to make people say? What is going to make people stop and take the minute or two minutes out of their time to experience? whatever programming that you're showing. Mm-hmm. And really think about that. And if you go in with that intention, in, the, in no time, you're going to find success in what you're doing. Yeah. Whether it's something that's visually stimulating or just so visually stimulating mm-hmm. that people are like, yo, I've never seen some shit like this. Or it's like orally stimulating where it's like, yo, I've never heard some shit like this. Or it's resonate with me in this kind of way where I'm like, I'm inspired or I'm entertained or all three. I try to go for all three at any time I post. Mm-hmm. But it's like, 
Yeah, think about that. Think about the people that's watching it, not not about yourself. Yeah. You'll you'll definitely at minimum one time find success. Yeah, I agree. And one thing too is like let's say you have you had a thousand followers last year, right? Mm-hmm. Now you got five thousand, six thousand, or ten thousand. Yeah. Those new people have never they've seen, never seen it. they yep. never went that deep. One hundred percent. So if you just repost what you posted before they got here, they're mm-hmm. gonna be like, "Wow, this is amazing! I've never seen this before." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just got here, you know. Yeah, sure. Um, that's that's pretty interesting. Have you ever experienced burnout as an artist? I, am I an artist? <laughs> <laughs> every artist, every every single artist experiences it, and um, yes, I have. Because like as an entrepreneur, I've had that. I don't know what that looks like for you. Well, what it looks like for me, well, what because you are a form of entrepreneur. You're just more digital than physical. I'm probably. a creative entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. But what it looks like for me is um, when I spread myself too thin and try to do too much of a job or too many jobs that I can easily delegate and know that I can easily delegate. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm just like I'm very like. I'm very interested in the things that I do and all of the things that I do. So I love editing the videos. I love shooting the videos. I love recording the music. I love mixing. I love doing all that shit. Yeah. But it's a to a detriment sometimes because if I'm doing all of these things, mm-hmm. then I won't have time to be live my life. And when I'm always working and doing all these things and I don't have the opportunities to decompress and like play 2K or Last of Us, when I was playing Last of Us after I beat it though. But like, if I don't have the opportunity to do these things and play ball and stuff like that, then I will burn out because I'm like, all I'm doing is working. And all these things that I could really just pass off to somebody else, I'm choosing to do do it myself. So the way that I fixed my burnout was figuring out why I had so much trouble delegating in the first place. So it wasn't just because I liked doing everything, it's also because I had trust issues. I didn't trust other people to execute it in a way that I would want it executed. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't only because I didn't see the talent in other people, mm-hmm. but it was also because I was a control freak. I wanted control. And that's a that's a life lesson on its own. Like I can't control everything. I have to give people the opportunities to like really shine in their expertise. And I'd rather have, now at this point, I'd rather have experts that are just you are you are the expert at cinematography, and that's what you do. You're the expert at editing, that's what you do. You're the mm-hmm. expert at sending emails, and that's what you do. You know what I mean? I'd rather have that as opposed to me just having trying to grow nine arms and try to do everything. And since I started doing that and, and, and allowing people in my personal life and my business life, yeah. my life has just changed. And I don't even, I don't burn out ever anymore. Like, yeah. I'm ready to do stuff every day. I'm ready to create every day, and I don't have that... Fuck, I got to do this now. Or fuck. <sighs> I don't feel that way no more. And that was because I, I allowed myself to just trust other people. And mm-hmm. that's like a metaphor. Not a metaphor. That's like a fact of life. For mm-hmm. Just learn how to trust people. Yeah. For me, it's really big as entrepreneurs, as creatives to delegate. Like delegating. Because I'm the same way, bro. Like mm-hmm. I like editing stuff. I know what's going to hit. I know when people are going to yeah. interact with things. What's going to make them feel a ter- certain type of way. And like when you create the message and then we put it together and package it you know how they're going to interact with it how they're going to receive mm-hmm. it you know what i mean so it's really hard sometimes uh even when people schedule me like i have an assistant and i'm like let's do this let's do that you know what i mean maybe mm-hmm. this day is not that great for me because sometimes i don't put my personal stuff on my work calendar but i started doing that because gotta block the time we're all free game yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and if you don't do that every like every hour would just be work and yeah nobody likes working all the time yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, sometimes I'm just having conversations with people in my life and I find myself talking about work all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, all the time. Because that's all I know. That's all I do. You know what I mean? And it's really tough turning that off sometimes. I learned to just be okay with it. Like, just be okay. Because, like, if anything, my career has gotten even stronger from just being okay with it and just letting go. And there's this idea that if we do let go, that it's just going to go down and that's just far from the truth mm-hmm. which is it's not true that's very real yeah um for you right now what does what does what do you have going on like what what have you been working on like 2024 just popped off 
Um, to me and you, it's just another year, you know. Mm-hmm. But for me, for like Christmas and New Year's, I was home. Like I was like, I'm not going nowhere. I'm chilling. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a luxury for me to be home. Like, I don't really enjoy home. I don't really hang out at home. I don't chill at home. And I just sat there, bro, for like three days straight, just looking back at the whole year. Like, let's say for the company, my Instagram, what worked, what didn't. I noticed things about content, about sales, about channels that we're selling at. I just learned so much about the company and me. Um, And I feel like I never really did that before. I never really felt like I had enough data to sit there and crunch numbers. You know, Was that true? Which part? Like, you never had that much data to sit there and crunch. I feel like I had data before, but I didn't feel like it was enough mm. for me to really feel like a way, mm-hmm. you know? Be like, all right, cool. I got hundreds of thousands of numbers, and I'm just looking at, like, what we did, like, in terms of analytics, what, mm-hmm. what videos popped off. And I learned, I was like, I didn't even post enough content this year because mm. I had, like, two good videos. Mm-hmm. I didn't post enough content, you know what I mean? Um, and I feel like it was just a slingshot for me. Cause I was getting ready to pop off this year, you know what I mean, and and the year popped off very well. So, right now, uh, sure. what would you say is your twenty twenty four looking like? What was your twenty twenty three like, and what are you ready for this year? What projects you got going on? My twenty twenty three was privately about becoming more confident in myself and more confident in my ability to deliver in the way that I want to deliver. Um, like I dropped music, but I was still trying to figure out what it is that I'm trying to do and what it is that I care about. And for somebody that was winging it, I did a pretty good job. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But um, 2024 has a lot more intention. Um, there's, there's, I found my sound that you're going to hear probably around the time that this comes out. Like I found what I want to do, um, which is a re- release a lot more music. Um, move even closer into the direction of film mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in a way that I'm not going to say here and you're just going to see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and I'm just very, very confident about it working because it just will. Yeah. No, I felt that. <laughs> yeah. I literally felt that in my soul. Good. I, good. Yeah. Because that's how I feel about things that I do. Like, yeah. it's just like, I know this is not going to fail. The reason why I don't invest into the stock market is because I'm putting my money into a pot and I don't know who's controlling it. But like my coffee company or whatever I touch or this podcast, like I know I'm going to show up to work. I'm going to do what I got to do. I'm going to break night if I got to break night, but I'm going to do what I got to do to make sure this succeeds. You know what I mean? And like when you say that with that conviction, it's like, yeah, there's no talent. There's just no way this is not going to work. And especially when you have so much experience because you've been throwing darts. Yep. You've been throwing darts and seeing what sticks and seeing what doesn't and seeing what works. And now you're at a point where like, oh, I'm well seasoned. You know what I mean? We're going we're gonna to do this. So when you drop it, it's just zero down in your mind that it's going to work. You know what I mean? And, and to be more specific, it's going to be a lot more art forward. And I, and I think the shift is finally happening where the, excuse me, the average music fan doesn't want like just microwavable stuff anymore. Yeah. And I don't think they noticed that they were liking so much microwavable stuff and now they're tired of it. So now the cream of the crop of artists are going to like rise very rapidly this year in 2025. And it's just up to those creative artists to like really push forward and be dare to be different, dare to take risk and stay dangerous. You know what I mean? Yeah. And do all of those things. And that's what I'm intending to do and show for for myself and then for for the people that engage with it. And um you should invest in the stock market. You just you just We'll talk about that. Though. Yeah. yeah I feel like for me, I'm just not doing that right now. Yeah. Because don't right. for me, I am at a point where like I have so many ideas and things that I feel will give me a much bigger return. Mm-hmm. Like me expanding my coffee coffee company into different stores, different supermarkets, different regions, launching it in Whole Foods, launching it on Amazon, putting it on First Direct. Like that to me is like a residual check that I know I'm going to work for. Yeah. You know what You're I mean? You're investing either way, though. Yeah, it's, yeah, an, it's an investment, investing. and so. I'm just investing in me. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people don't have the opportunity to invest into themselves. That's true. Um, but when I have bread sitting around, best yeah. believe, papa, you know? Yeah, straight up. We're yeah. going to diversify yeah, that yeah, pot, yeah. you know? But right now, it's me very being very strategic. Like, this right here, this this platform is an investment in me trying to tell a, me, me trying to tell a story of me and my homies, of the things we've learned, of the things we've done, and... 
just me making a platform for myself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The same way your channel, like you invest into that, you know, into equipment, into cameras, into mics, into engineers. Um, so it's very interesting like that. But but one, you know, we're gonna chat about that. <laughs> we're gonna make it happen. In your journey, what's a moment that you feel like was the most rewarding part or or something that that quantified for you? Like was that something like South by or do you have something different like that? It was the moment that I found out somebody that I really admire. Mm, I found out that they know who I am and fuck with my shit. Somebody I admire. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to say who, but it was really cool. That's crazy. That. That's crazy. <laughs> that they know what's up. I could imagine. <laughs> so I could imagine it was it was cool. Um, it wasn't somebody in music though, but it was like somebody that I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is fire. So shout out to that, and it came, it gave me that, it gave me the confirmation that just humans in general just fuck with my shit. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just dope that somebody who I look to as some that somebody that inspires me is inspired by something that I do, and going back to confidence and and. You know, making me feel like that made me feel like, yeah, this is I'm doing the right thing, mm -hmm, and, it, mm -hmm. and not in a I needed this validation kind of situation, but in a wow, this is still good validation at the mm -hmm, end of the day. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's really dope. I've had moments like that, and and it's it's quite reassuring because you look up to people and people inspire you, bro. And when you keep when you keep at it, you know what I mean. Like sometimes there's people watching the whole time. Mm -hmm. And and they know what it takes. You know what I'm saying? Like I know what it takes for certain things for you to do what you do and for me to do what I do. Like it's just a mutual understanding. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And people at the top are always watching, bro. Like or people always. we admire, they're always watching. Especially when you're making noise. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because you're not literally banging a pot outside their office, but you just grinding. You're doing your thing. And when we grind them, bro, we're not looking sideways. I always tell people, I'm like a horse. If you ever see straight a horse, they put a, they, put a, they put a little hoodie on them. Yep. They can't look sideways. That means mm -hmm. they just look straight. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's like, bro, I'm always looking straight. I'm looking down. Like, I'm just working, never looking around. And then by the time I put my head up, it's like, oh, you was watching the whole time? Or like, oh, you just invited me to this thing? And it's it's like reassuring because you don't do it for acceptance. You don't do it for anything. But these are people you admire. And when they like uh, acknowledge it, it's like it's a nice little treat. Yeah. It's like, well, that, that was dope. And even if they won't comment or follow or anything like that, sometimes a lot of them don't do that, actually. Yeah. Because they don't want people to like just get super geeked and stuff and just make it a big deal or even yeah. like make a public post about it or stuff like that. But mm -hmm. they are watching. Yeah. yeah. And another thing I would say, and it's not even like a specific moment. But I did make the decision to like, even though we were just talking about numbers and a, a bunch of times, I did stop focusing on the numbers. I started just focusing on the art the and the quality and the intention behind it. And the numbers happened. I just made that decision to just not care about that. And as long as like, That's crazy. Um, and it, it was hard. It was hard. I learned this from... Russ and I learned from Andrew Schultz that because they made that decision too, and that's when st stuff started happening. They and Andrew explicitly said like, "Hey, I just stopped caring about the numbers and I just started just focusing on the work and what I'm doing, and boom, 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 and the people will come." And it's kind of a catch twenty two now because mm -hmm. it's like now I don't care, mm -hmm. and more and more people are showing up, but I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah. So it's like I had to find like a different motivation now since it's not about like getting famous or anything like that. Now it's just about like just adding value into the world. And yeah. and it's I feel more full. I feel more whole. I feel better as a person, build better as an artist and everything like that. So yeah. Yeah. I resonate with that. I resonate with that. Cause that's how I feel about everything that I do too. Like the quality is the number one thing. And some of my mentors have always told me like what you're doing is very organic. It's very sane. You know what I mean? A lot of people pump you know, things into their stuff to boost it and, yeah. and to kind of help it get there faster, you know, in the inorganic way. But you could tell. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, and it's just like the longevity, the the mm -hmm. when you cut the grass, who's going who's going to be there? And the grass is going to get cut. Right. The grass is going to get cut soon. And a lot of people are not prepared for it. But the ones that have been 
insert soil and plant analogy <laughs> again, they gonna win. You feel me? So yeah. 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 And you're one of those people, for real. Like Thank this you. is definitely like from talking to you and just um, just observing the things that you do, you're definitely one of those people. So Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. When that grass get cut, you gonna just <laughs> yeah you know my mentality bro like i really don't care about money and honestly most of my guests that come here it's like none of them care about money it's the same thing same with money thing. when you focus on money too much you just you're just gonna be too at it but when you just focus on your craft with the exception of paying bills and living life like a regular person for sure yeah um you know it's like things come out of that and that's kind of my approach it's like yeah, if i could just figure out a way to make enough money to just live life very chill very calm with nobody bothering me, mm-hmm. I would love to just create, you know what I mean, and not worry about money. And, like, there has been some stats about uh, the level of, like, not worrying about money. Um, it's like 70, right? It's like it starts at 70, but then when you get to the 100, it's just, like, it's a weird balance. But a lot of people have a hard time making more money because they start spending more. You get a better car. You yeah. move to a better crib. You start wearing different linen. But that, not that that's everybody, but that happens to a majority of Americans. You know, you get a raise. Oh, let me take myself out, or let me go celebrate that you just spent the whole point. <laughs> I feel like you're like me, and where you just when you get it, you put it back into yeah. the business and just like buy more equipment to make the quality better exactly. or like hire people. And stuff yeah, like that. Like if I see value in something, I don't care spending my last dollar. On it. Right. I really don't. Real shit. Real you shit. feel me? Like if I, I'm if I know within my beans, I'm like, yo, that that's going. Yeah. That's going to change the game. Mm-hmm. Even if it changes it a little bit, it's going to change the game. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's a mentality, bro. And a lot of people, you know, don't believe in themselves that much. But it's a message I like to push. Like, you believe in yourself and invest into yourself. Like, it's really tough sometimes with the environment you might have. But you got to, that's on you. You got to do it. Yeah. Nike that. Just do it. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Literally. Bro, it's it's so interesting chatting with you, bro. It's just the homie vibes. What, what, what I expected. You feel me? Yeah. <laughs> what what kind of advice would you give to your younger self? That's a great question. Younger, like I say, high school, because you could act. You was actually that was a moment where you was making decisions that could change your life. Yeah. Um. There's two. There's two pieces of advice that came to mind when you asked me that. One of them was none of this will matter when you get older. Like, all of the stuff that I worried about in high school, I don't even think about. Not even one bit. I would say 90% of the things that I worried about, 95% of the things that I worried about in high school does not matter to me. If any, if anything, I embrace it even more. So that's the advice I would say. None of this matters when you graduate. And two, um, have some compassion for yourself. Like, really just treat yourself like a friend. Because in hindsight, I wasn't very friendly to myself. I wasn't kind to myself. And my behavior outwardly was a representation of that, where I was people-pleasing. I was um, just not putting myself first. Mm-hmm. So, in like, of course, the advice would be put yourself first, but it's deeper than that. Like, have compassion for yourself. Be kind to yourself. Be your own friend. And if you love yourself and you're your own friend, all of that shit just comes anyway. So... Mm-hmm. But I think every teenager face, not every, of course, but I think a lot of teenagers face that anyway. You just need to grow up and just get life experiences to have that realization. But mm-hmm. if I was around me like, when I was a kid, I would say, bro, love yourself. Straight like that. It's really tough, like, especially in the Bronx, bro. It's, it's yeah, bro. It's tough. It's tough. I had like a lot of life, life experiences growing up here that like didn't, wasn't helpful for me loving myself mm-hmm. and just, just keeping it real. But if I, if I did have like me as a big brother, like me now as a big brother to me, younger me, I would just drill that in my head. Just like love yourself, be kind to yourself. Because when you do have that, if you fail, it's like, oh, that's just yeah, whatever. I'll just try again. Yeah. Instead of like beating the fuck out of yourself for like two weeks because you ain't get this girl or because you ain't passed this test or you ain't, you know you didn't make this team or all this other stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it would just be like, oh, that's all right. Let me just try again. Or let me work on it so I can go back into it like I do now. Like, I don't take anything personally anymore. Mm-hmm. And all of that was rooted in just self-love and self-compassion. Nice. Yeah. Did, did you go to college? I did. Did? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Not, not directly after, though. Like, I, yeah. I, my, <laughs> my, I, fucking, I went to summer school for my senior year. 
Like I just wasn't a good student. I, I mean, don't. I makes, just that makes well. Yeah. I went before that, but I feel you. I, like, I dropped out of high school, and then I went back. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, it was tough. Hey, come on, man. Feel me? Come on, season D's and F's. Yeah, Sixty five. Yeah, it was crazy, bro. My senior year had like freshman credits. I was like, oh, I'm gonna max out. I have to go to transfer school. I feel that. Yeah. Was it was it because of just like. Well, in hindsight, I don't know if you would have, if what were you thinking during that time, but like in hindsight, was it because like it just didn't stimulate you? It it was just really tough because my home was too unstable, right? Like mm. with my dad and situations at home, that was like I would never want to be home because home wasn't home for me. It yeah. has, I've, I've never had a, a thing where home felt like home. You know what I mean? So I have a dream one day of creating like a home, like actually like Hector's home, like paint that wall brown, that one green. Like yeah, I just do what you. Yeah. My record player over there, it's a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's like a dream, but it just home wasn't the same. And then in, in going to school in the Bronx, bro, teachers just didn't care about you, bro. Like I just felt like they just hated their lives. Like I got to teach in the Bronx mm-hmm. or something. But I actually didn't experience that. In my, my yeah, for me it was like you're not gonna amount to nothing. Like I definitely heard that mm-hmm. in high school. Like that's not. I don't want to go to your class. <laughs> you feel me? Mm-hmm. Um, but but it just wasn't a great high school experience. A lot of gang activity. If it wasn't in a gang, you was in danger. But I never joined one because I was like, my mom will beat my yeah. ass. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but it was still around. Yeah. Was I went to Columbus around. on Pelham Parkway. Oh, okay. I was about to ask you where you went. It was that makes, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Where did you go to high school? I went to um, Urban uh, Sports uh, Academy for Careers in Sports. And the first three years was in South Bronx High School. And then we moved to the Mount Haven campus. Oh, nice. On my senior year. But the school itself, like the teachers were like very attentive and everything like that. I just did not care about what was being taught. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't want to learn about, um, I don't even remember. See, that's, <laughs> I, just, the, I just did it. The pilgrims, yeah. <laughs> I, just did it, I just did not care enough. And um, it that would reflect, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to prove that I learned this. Mm-hmm. That's what, that was my problem with school. I wanted to do arts and stuff. I just wanted to play sports and do arts and that just didn't work out. And I coasted throughout my whole school career Blinders. until senior year where my English teacher was like, no, <laughs> I'm not going to be the one. But I definitely like just did no work in that class. So that's, yeah. that's I, I get yeah. that. But to answer your question, I did go to college like maybe like four or five years after I went to Hostos, um, studied liberal arts. And that's where I got my introduction to like um theater writing and then like psychology and stuff like that. I did drop out because I wanted to make an album. Like that's when I came back to wanted to make music. I'm like, I want to make an album and I don't I know I'm not gonna go to a four year after this. Let me just like let me just quit now. Fuck it. Yeah. And then it worked. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I mean the same happened to me at the at the four year. So yeah. that, I actually launched my business in college and then I was like, I want to do this instead, you know? Um That's real though. Yeah. That's real. That's a and and I think I don't know how often you talk about that path, but talk about it more because a lot of these people now that go to college right now are in a, are finding out that maybe this ain't it. Yeah. But also feel like, damn, if I don't do this, my life is over. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case at all. Yeah. You know when, when you were in high school, were you the not cool kid, mid cool kid, or like you was that you was that guy? Mid cool. Because mm-hmm. I would, I, I feel like cool is like everybody wants to be you. Right. No, I didn't. I didn't have that situation. Where everybody yeah. wanted to beat me, and but I knew everybody though. Yeah. So I was mixy. I knew everybody. I was yeah. like, I had some type of relationship with everybody, but it wasn't like people were looking at me like, "Y'all want to be you." You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I was like mid cool. And you know why I asked that? Why? Because I feel like all the people who got shit popping mm-hmm. were that mid cool. Mid cool, yeah, yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah, yeah. And then when you got to college, you got a little bit cooler. I don't know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. But but then you started like getting into yourself, right? Yeah. So then like that's the start of you becoming who you are. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's that's what I'm trying to say. Like then you start getting more into the arts and stuff like that. I got I got more into entrepreneurship because I was studying it and then like actually learning it. I was pressing buttons basically, right? Mm-hmm. And then getting into my craft. So that's why I feel like I feel like the people who was really really cool mm-hmm. is not doing it right now. Not all of them. Not all of them. I would say because because with them it's like they didn't choose. To be cool, they just mm-hmm. were cool. Yeah, so I can't even yeah. be like, y'all not doing it now, y'all was because that's still like coming from me, just like being jealous of them. Yeah, you know what I mean, but yeah. they didn't choose. They they were just fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's there's people who are that that are still that, and shout out to them. Yeah, I mean? For, what I'm trying to say is more like people who were cool because they rocked the leaders Jordans and they had the oh, Uggs back then. Bro, bro, bro. 
And based on social standards, like homies got yeah. the new iPhone when it came out, and then they could take pictures for the gram that didn't look like it was an Android. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then long term, you know what I mean? There are people still doing the thing and are very creative. I feel like I was talking about like materialistic things because I feel like in high school, being cool is either you was playing a sport or you was super or materialistic or fly. fly. Yeah, 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 super materialistic. You know what I mean? And Trends change. Like now we're in 2024, recently 2023. And like nowadays, you having your own unique style. That's the is probably cooler than you wearing designer. Yeah. You feel me? Because you could you you got sauce. You feel more me? so now. Yeah. More so. Yeah. So you got your own style and you make it cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and on social media, you 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 are the author of your own story. Like you could really pop off if you really choose to. In your own craft and things like that. In so, your own craft. That's that's the key right there. In your mm-hmm. own craft. Instead of like trying to like do what you think works right. because excuse me, because there's clout attached to it. Like really just be yourself and do what you gotta do and be your damn this shit. <laughs> <laughs> be your best self. Present yourself as your best you so that the people that do relate to it can gravitate towards you as opposed to you trying to grab everybody just yeah. because Somebody else has everybody. Yeah, I agree, and that's how I felt about high school. It just, it just, it just was a moment of connection for me. I was like, "Yo, that's so interesting." Like that mid cool, because you gave me mid cool vibes then, and like you stupid cool now. You know what I mean? So it's like I felt that. You know what I mean? Appreciate that. Yeah, that was dope. That was dope. Um, earlier, not too long ago in 2023, like to close off Q4, you was on on a tour. I was on a tour, right? Yeah, not bugging. I was definitely on a tour. That was dope. It felt so long ago. That was the other day. Yeah, that was definitely like <laughs> two hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw you hopping on flights, moving around. That was dope, bro. What was your experience like? Was that the first one or have you done that, that before? That was my first tour ever. And I was scared as fuck to do it. Because my biggest thing was like, damn, are people going to come? Yep. You know what I mean? And I haven't dropped new music really since, like before that tour, my last new piece of music was like eight months prior. So it was like, damn, are people going to come? Do people still care? And just like how South by Southwest was one of those pivotal moments for me, me doing that tour was that too, because wow. I got to actually see the people that fuck with me so heavy. I feel like every person that came to that show was a super fan because the way that they were singing the words to the songs back to me, the way that um, they were just like, no phones out. Like they were recorded like sometimes, but then after that, it was just like- In the moment. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then the way that my show is set up, like I, I, it's geared towards crowd engagement. It's geared towards the people being a part of the show too. So like, you, if you're being on your phone, you're actually missing out because you're a part of the show too. But I say that to say, it was just so dope to travel to these different places from Atlanta, Los Angeles, Dallas, South Africa, um, Orlando, and just see people sing the songs that I wrote in my closet and recorded at the crib. You know what I mean? Wow. It just resonated with me. And what I do at these shows too, after I do the show, I do a QA and a and then I do um, a, just a free meet and greet where I just come back out and just like talk to every single person that comes. Cause it's like, again, I want to know who you are. I want to know why, I want to know who you are, why you, mm-hmm. why are you here in the yeah. first place? And I'm just so thankful to have done that because it showed, I got to know who these people are and they're all cool as hell. They're all like really, really, really dope people from all walks of life. They also left, every show that I did, there was like at least three groups of people, each show that left as friends with each other, that they didn't know each other. But their common interest, their common interest was me. Yeah. And they kind of have the same archetype too. And they just found out they they all like the same things too. So that's, that's another dope. thing. I brought people together. And um that's, and that's another thing about 2024. There's going to be more of that too. Me going, me, me hitting the road and like mm-hmm. seeing the people and, and creating these activations in real life. And I'm just thankful to have executed on that, even though I was like so, so, so scared to do it. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, man, that was cool. That's dope. I saw that, bro. I was like, yo, that's, it, it I was happy for you. Thank you. You feel bro. me? Like it was honestly like sometimes you could fabricate shit, but that was as good as it looked. Like mm-hmm. the way it looked on internet was exactly how it was in, in real life. It was actually better in real life. It was actually like even more wholesome in real life, but it looked it wasn't fake when you saw it. No editing tricks, no nothing. Like the people were really enjoying the time and like really happy to be there. And like somebody even said that I was in their top five concerts that they went this year. That they went to. That's this a year. big deal. You feel me? So man. Wow. To 
two more shows. You're doing the thing, man. You're yeah, doing the thing. You gotta give yourself props. You feel yeah, me? Come on. <laughs> Real shit. Bro, in a world that pulls in so many directions, yep. how do you stay focused, honest, and authentic? Um, that was actually one of the things I wanted to make have like be intentional about. Um, especially uh during the latter part of last year, and then of course going into 2024. And the answer to that is just pouring into the people that pour into me as opposed to just trying to like just beg for people to pour into me. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not pouring into me right now already, then go ahead, do what you're doing. I'm just going to focus on my tribe and my people right here. I'm my own tribe. My people are my tribe. And I, they've shown up enough times for me to be like, okay, yeah, you love me. You really do fuck with me. And I'm going to keep you around. And I love you too. So I'm going to be around as well. And once I like set that, I'm allowed to always be in a space where I'm myself every time. So I don't have to like pretend to be someone else. And when you do that for a long enough period of time, you're then able to go out into the into more into the world. Cause that's my real world too. But even to the realer world and still be myself because I'm just so used to having a safe space to be that all the time. Mm-hmm. Like none of my friends or my family make me feel like I need to be somebody else. And that's why I'm able to present myself online just so comfortably as myself doing flips and shit and all oh, doing all that stuff. Cause I do that, I do that shit around them. And it's like, oh yeah, just doing your thing, whatever, right? Piff being piff. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it was like, I that's what that was the that was such a huge shift for me because I wanted validation for a very long, long part of my life. I just wanted outside validation just so I can be cool, be the cool, cool. But being cool, cool means being yourself and being loving yourself and really being really in tune with yourself and your tribe. And that changed that I honed in on that by just pouring into people that pour into me instead of, instead of trying to like reach out to people that couldn't give two shits about me. Yeah. That's so real. That's how I stay honest. And that's yeah. how I stay. You, you said, know. you said tribes and it reminded me of stuff again. Cause he wrote another book called tribes. He is. And yeah, you got, you got to meet him and I'm going to send it to you. That'll be my gift to you, bro. You got to read that, that book. Cause you posted a, a recap about finding your tribe. And, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, now that you pulled me on, because he did some good work. And Seth mentioned in the last episode that you don't build a tribe, you find it. And he was saying how there's people out there waiting to be led. You know what I mean? There's people mm-hmm. who have certain interests and things they like. And you don't. Put that like, hey, you're going to like me and you're going to like what I do. No, they already like that. And then they just, they just got to discover you. Mm-hmm. And when they discover you, they're going to pull up to your show. They're going to mm-hmm. buy your tickets. They're going to really naturally, organically rock Without with you. Without you asking to. Right. And that's that's who you got to pay attention to. Yeah. 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 Finding your tribe is really important, bro. But the, what, we, what we do, you know, we come across it organically. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. really dope. Uh, Man, I know there's people who look up to you, you know, and, and, and love what you do. What is... Some pieces of advice for somebody looking to be an artist nowadays. How do how do they get on the map? You know, there's people who make music just for TikTok stage yeah. and want to blow up. But what kind of advice would you give somebody looking to be where you're at? You know, as an artist, performing, touring, doing South by Southwest for the first time. Like, where do people start? You know, as an artist, because I know, bro, there's so many people who who look up to you. I don't know if you know, bro, but you that dude. You feel me? And yeah, I people tell me this, and I'm like, I've, I'm starting to realize it. But it's you, cool. you that guy, you know what I mean. And uh, people definitely want to be where you're at. You yeah. feel me? And what will you tell people? Where, where can they start? A lot of people don't know where to start. It starts in. Well, I'll tell you what it started for me because I only can speak for how it started for me. Yeah. And it starts with having audacity. Because mm-hmm. if you have audacity, then you have the wherewithal to like want to take risk and and want to be original in a way where you're just doing what comes to your mind as opposed to doing something that you've seen a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the time, my, a lot of mistakes that I see artists make, and I'm used to make that mistake, and that's why I didn't see a lot of success, was seeing something another artist would do and seeing it work for them and thinking, oh, that's what works. But no, it works for them because... They look a certain way, they rap a certain way, they music a certain way, They their thing is their thing. Find out what your thing is, right? Um, and to be even more like brand strategist about it, like find out what your signatures are. Like 
Like they got Ice Spice. Her signatures are her orange hair, her her light catchphrase, right? Um, her bending down and doing the 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 you know the thing, the you know thing, what I mean? the thing, right? You know what I'm saying? And that that's how she finds her people. What are, find out what is your signature thing, and then find ways to accentuate that so that you can find again your tribe, the people that already will fuck with you in that kind of way. So you don't have to try to copy off of this person doing this because you got your own wave. And that's what I did. I My thing was shooting music videos on my phone and doing dances in my videos and having the resting piff face in, in my, my videos and stuff like that and in my, my flow and stuff like that. All these little things that I have and I found the people that, I, that needed to find me. So don't worry about other people's fans. Worry about your fans and worry about yourself and you'll find people that gravitate towards that. Yeah. And that's like, those two things are the, like the main advice I would give. And then the third part is more like arbitrary. I hope that I use I hope I use that word correctly. But it's like after you do that, when you get this data, I analyze the data and just rinse and repeat and then keep improving and improving. You found the people now, feed the people. Feed them. And you'll find more people like that. You'll just keep finding more. And there's more people and they'll tell their friends and they'll bring their friends to your shows and they'll tell your friends to follow you and stuff like that. It, it just works that way. So and it, it, I guess the overall thing is just like being authentic and being cool with what your authentic self is. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Being cool with what, you, what your authentic self is. That's dope. Real shit. That's dope. That was yep. fire. That was yep. fire. Message. <laughs> it was something I was thinking about. Oh, yes. You know when you forget something? Yes. And then it just. I'm glad it happened while this was recorded. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bro, that video in the middle of the street. Which one? I've done this. It was, the it was the latest one you posted. You was dancing. You was spinning. I think you dropped a new song, and then oh, that yeah, was the yeah, video yeah, for yeah, it. Feliz Navidad. When I was um. Oh, the, Feliz Navidad was fire. I was actually playing that on Christmas. Fire. Thank you for telling me that. Nah, I'm not legit. Next Christmas, because we need be crazy. I like yeah, that. I like that because it was it was it was a dope experience for me. Um, it was a new version of Feliz Merry Navidad. Christmas. Yeah, yeah Feliz yeah. Navidad. That was dope for me. Um, yeah, but I saw that in the middle of the street, and the comment section was hilarious. <laughs> You know, somebody's on Sherm, like he, this is what the crackheads look like. Going no. on Sherm, yeah, yeah. That was that was with a drone. No, so um, I guess we go behind the video now. So like, I just had put my phone on a tripod on top of a roof, and I just hit record. I just angled it to where the street was. Hit record. Went outside. There was no music playing. I just had the beat in my head, and just went straight to it. That's crazy. And boom, that's the video. I'm over here that you got a whole production, somebody bro, like a drone. Nah, bro. That's just that was just put your and that, and I'm glad you asked me that question because like a lot of people would assume that. Yeah. Because they and then they and then they would then assume that because I don't have a drone or a team that I can't do that shit. That was my phone. That was my iPhone. On a tripod. On a tripod. And then it's like elevated. How did you even get on this roof? The number two. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. find, figure it out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't it. It cost me nothing to do that, That's and I just found a street that will <laughs> that I knew I wasn't gonna get hit. I mean, we, again, we can go behind the, you know, what I'm saying there was like a if we use the intersection, there was like something blocking this part, mm-hmm. so there was never gonna be a car to come and hit me. Mm-hmm. Never, there was never gonna be a car. But of course, I created the illusion that I was just in the middle of this like busy ass freeway, just going crazy, but. Yeah, bro. Just be creative. If you yeah. can, if you just make something out of nothing, and my career has always been about from just making something out of nothing, mm-hmm. and even to this day, I'm using my iPhone for that type of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. is is that pinned on your profile? No, not no more. No. Oh, no, no, the video. Yeah. Um, not yet because it's so it's so high up in the feed already. Yeah. Like people are just gonna see it whenever they go to my profile. Yeah. But once I start posting more stuff, I probably might yeah. pin that. So, one. so y'all could go look at that. Yeah. You're gonna see a street and you're gonna see a street and and, me. Just, and him like Mr. Yeah. Ben. <laughs> yeah. So y'all could go look at that. Yeah. That that was dope. That was cool. But what was that at? Um, that was in L.A. I knew it was L.A. I was yeah. like, that looked like L.A. That was in L.A. All right, cool. Yeah. I got my streets, <laughs> my street knowledge a little checked out. Speaking yeah. of what, do you ever seen people do the um the the geographic like they were like there's like a there's like a community of people who would just look at say a patch of grass mm-hmm. and then go I think it's called geotagging. They will see a patch of grass and then be like, okay, this is this looks like it's in Russia's, and then they'll use the Google Globe um, map thing. Okay, it it might be in this town in Russia in this neighborhood that looks like okay, boom, and they find it. 
Did you you ever seen? I've him? never seen. That's that. a whole thing. There's like yeah. competitions about geotagging where like people will race each other. They there will there will be a picture of like this street in the Bronx and people just find it within like 30 seconds. That's crazy. That's like a thing. So I'm sure somebody knows exactly where I shot that at. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah um, that happens in coffee. Really? So there's a competition where you taste like four coffees and you're supposed to tell me like which country it's from. And just, people people could do it, just do it like that. It's black. That's, Bro, different. That's hard. Different. People do that in wine too and it's like, yo. I know they do that in wine for sure. Like you could taste a cup of coffee and tell me where it's from in the world. That's a little bit crazy. I don't think I could do that with anything. Bro, it's tough. There's I mean, you could, could train yourself. That's what people do. They train their palates. Yeah, that's just that's different though. Yeah, that's different. But yo, yo, Piff Marty, man, thank you for coming, bro. Heck, thank you, bro. Thanks for having me. Um, bow, bow. <laughs> <laughs> no violence being incited on yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but bow. That's it. Stay dangerous, y'all.